Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining the North Melbourne podcast where we have a look at all things that are irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't say that. I meant the, the, uh, Todd, Goldstein, yes, the, Todd, the Todd Goldstein podcast. I shouldn't be harsh. It's, it's also irrelevant though, let's I, be honest. I blame, I blame Pollock. Can we oh, be fair? Everyone hates Pollock. I have forgiven Elliot Yo. I have forgiven Doggerty, but Pollock can go and get fucked. Who who trades out to go home and then goes to Victoria? Honestly. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's get on to our socials. Facebook.com forward slash SC Insider. Twitter, we are SC underscore Insider underscore. And on Twitch is twitch.tv forward slash SC underscore Insider. And Bang. they are our socials. So please do give us a like, give us a follow. If you're a North Melbourne fan, if I have offended one of the ten of you, I do apologize. There I go again. And I don't even mind North Melbourne. I don't know why I'm so harsh. Maybe I'm a Brad Scott advocate. Because they should be in Tassie. Maybe. <laughs> um, anyway, look, there are a couple of relevant people, but more so, I think there's a lot to be thrown up in the air at this point in time. So I think, um, you know, yes, they've got their new coach back. He's played a couple games with them, but what they're going to do this year, some people that were on the fringe, so your Aaron Halls, your, your Dom Tysons and stuff, where are they going to fit in this year? Uh, they had such a bad year. Are they going to be best 22? They're going to be great in the VFL this year. <laughs> Those players or North yeah. Melbourne in general? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they aren't. No, no, um, don't go there. Okay, well, look, let's have a look at the little season review sure. to start with. Uh, fourth for effective disposals, so we'll start with the positives. Second for disposal efficiency. So I put that down to probably like a Higgins and, you know, Cunnington is even probably not too bad with, with the use. <coughs> but there were 15th for clearances, ninth for centre clearances. So I think they had, you know, some pretty good work on the inside at centre clearances. How else when you've got Toddy Goldstein there? Todd Goldstein there. with Cunnington like, was I think fantastic. Cunnington was fantastic. I think Higgins is definitely underrated. Yeah. Um, 17th for stopover, stoppage clearances, which isn't good. No. So I'm wondering where that breaks down. Maybe a few more people around the contest. They couldn't actually clear it out. So for me, it looks like they're better at the 666 centre tap out because Goldstein's there. But then around the ground, I think there's probably too many numbers around the ball and they're struggling to get it out. 16th for turnovers, which good. is good. And uh, 17th for tackles inside forward 50 not is great. not good. So, <laughs> okay, so they weren't they weren't um, turning it over as much. I think they're playing fairly safe footy. I think they have some pretty good ball users there. But the yep. problem is there's some dysfunction within their team as far as the I, way that they play. I actually think it's more their forward 50 setup than anything. That's um, I meant, dysfunction. Yeah, they, they play as a... They've got one kick, right? It's it's kick to Ben Brown. That's yep. basically their only rule. And the problem is is that Ben Brown doesn't tackle inside forward 50. So they're 17th, they're second last for forward 50 tackles. And this isn't a big thing against Ben Brown because other people kind of need to do it as well. When, yes. you're, when you're tall and you're, and you're running directly in a straight line, and that, we've seen him kick for goal, he runs directly in a straight line. It's um, They lack a really, really great small forwards. Like their small forward brigade is nothing. Yeah. When they didn't have Jack Siebel down there, because Jack Siebel played a large amount of mid-minutes in the back end of the season, they really struggled for inside pressure. Um, and they didn't have really a, another marking target apart from Ben Brown because Jack Siebel was actually really great leading up at the football. So yep. I consider North as a still development. They could break out. I mean, we had some good looks at guys like Cameron Zerha who looked like he's an absolute beast. 
but where's his best position? Yeah. Because they played him in the forward line, they played him on the wing, they and played him on the ball, and he had impact everywhere, but where are you actually going to play him moving forward? And I think Mason Wood being fit is highly oh. critical. And he always gets injured, but as in he is highly critical to the setup. He uh, lets and, other players like like as he will move up the ground further. And I'm not so critical on Ben Brown, like as in a key forward, it's not necessarily their role to be trying to lay pressure and stuff. Like Buddy Franklin's amazing because he's so agile and he throws his weight around. Yep. You watch the AFL hottest hits and you see foreigners commenting on it. Buddy Franklin's taken out about four people in those contests. Like yep. he's throws his weight around. And I think Wayne Carey was super critical on Ben Brown. But I had a look at Wayne Carey's stats, and he only had around the same amount of tackles per game on average that Ben Brown does. Difference so, was it was just a different era. Or and that they're, they're trying to play like that. So they're like Ben Brown's a great contested mark, and he's generally taller and can outreach most one-on-one defenders. Well, he gets more free kicks than most. But as soon as the ball hits the ground, well, yeah, <laughs> as soon as the ball hits the ground, is a liability. Yes. So they try to play a traditional brand of football, get him one out. That is their their goal. Get him one out, hopefully as close to the goal as possible. So you can have a 60-meter run up to, the, to kick a goal. But if that fails, there's no plan B, which is really breakdown. So I hope that they actually change it. I actually think long-term Ben Brown's not a solution for their club, and I, I really hope that they transition um, other guys to... They probably need to go, and they've got the skills, I think, in their team to be more of a Collingwood in what they do. And what I mean by that is have a guy that just makes a contest, but then at ground level bring your smalls into it. And they're not set up for that right now. Well, the problem is Collingwood have people that want to go to their club, Chris. <laughs> uh, I should stop. <laughs> Normally, cool. we're going to have someone. Someone just raged Chris for ripping on Carlton, and here I am doing the, ra- same yeah, thing. the same for North. But I, I don't mind North. It's just a, it's just funny. Well, then you um, fix up their full pressure, and then you fix up their small forwards. And I think that yeah. if they can do that, then they can actually. I mean, they weren't terrible in a lot of games. They were pretty, pretty no, good, and they won a lot on the back end of the year. I, I think it's interesting to see what they're going to do and how their style of play will be yeah um it's definitely interesting they have a lot of midfielders that are are they best 22 are they not best 22 and then you're throwing in someone um you know like a bonner coming in from gws it's like well then is he going to play midfield and people are they've got a lot of guys in the fringe well and people are looking at these players that are expensive and and we'll get into that in just a moment like you mentioned though the problem is that they've uh they've tried to build from the inside out and then the guys that are their primary midfielders like a jai simpkin for example where are they going to play he's playing out of a four pocket but he's a midfielder yeah and he's not a forward player. So, like, all the guys that they've got to try and create forward pressure and be a forward, they're not actually forwards. No. They're, they're trying to They're trying to Plug get, holes. Yeah, get midfielders and blend them into being Try and get experience into them in the AFL squad. And it's yeah. just not working. So, I mean, look, it could click this year. It could all of a sudden it could. click for, the, for whatever reason. Well, the good thing is they could, hasn't so far. if they sort out everywhere else, they could have some of the biggest, you know, B-rated midfield depth in the comp. True. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you have a look at it, like, um, you know, Ahern... Tyson, oh, um, who can't get a game to save his life, even though he's probably the best yeah, kicker. Aaron Hall, in the then you now you've got like a Bonner, you have a Pollock and stuff on the outside. Um, well, there's just so many. They've like got a lot of great outside ball users. They've got great inside um, contested ball people as well. So again, it's not. I think that their ball movement's good. Their game plan probably needs tweaking. Yeah. And their four, their four fifty yeah. needs to come into the mix. A little where do you bit put more. them all though? Again, like yeah, even uh, so, Jai Skimkin, Sam Durden. Then you have your Higgins, and you have your Polex, uh, Anderson, Demont, Hearn. Like so many of these guys could run through the midfield. Like where do you put them all? I don't know. They should be traded. So and they, they, they've got a lot but, of trade value on their list. Looking at it though, where does then you know everyone's saying oh Bonner's going to go into the midfield? Yeah, he's a bigger body Great. guy, where? but but they brought in a Hearn to sort of play some bulk stuff. So. I don't have that much faith in 
Bonar starting in the midfield, he might, and I'm watching that, and you have to watch it, but he could easily have one bad game, and then out you go, someone else is I don't is think there's any position. chance he plays midfield minutes. There's, there's a few reasons why, but I mean, they've got Ben Cunnington, who's arguably one of the top three clearance players of the league last year. Yep. You've got Luke davies Inyaki, who's a very high draft pick, who that's what they want him to do. Yep. And he should be playing major mid-minutes this year should. in that role. And then you've got guys that aren't even playing, like Aaron Hall, who wants to play more inside. Um, like you mentioned, Ahern, who is more of an inside-outside player. Um, and then you've got your, your Silky Smooths in your Anderson and your Higgins, etc., that play that third type. I don't think he fits in that mix. So injuries would have to... To me, it's about injuries. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to it's see. Not a first I think, team midfielder. Yeah, and I think people get a little bit carried away with the fact that maybe North Melbourne had, didn't have the best year, so you get a guy from GWS who couldn't get a game. But their midfield was pretty good. Yes, correct. I so. agree. I do agree with you, and that's where it happens. Uh, okay, so let's have a look at their draw. Um, eighth hardest draw, so middle of the road according to champion data. They play Brisbane, Carlton, Essendon, Hawks, and Western Bulldogs twice. Yep. So not too bad. All teams they could beat or could, or lose, could lose to. Or could lose to. Yeah, so yeah. that's a yeah, on, a on a good day, I think that's 50-50. Uh, four of the teams, four of the five teams that North Melbourne played twice finished above them on the ladder, though. So that's probably that's not... That's why it's a little bit harder, but yeah. Not the best thing. Not too hard, but definitely above them on the ladder. Uh, Brisbane, obviously the best of the lot for last year. Yep. Uh, they play just two top eight sides in their first eight matches of the season. So, probably a good point of difference to start. Starting draft. eight for draft particularly. Get a draft player and then trade him at round seven. Um, or if, uh, say, Abona does, at his inflated price, play a good role for eight weeks, he could score well. Here's the issue, though. Yep. Is that they then play the uh, run of five games mm-hmm. of finalists before the bye. So the first eight rounds, not so bad, and then they go finalists, 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 So finalist, start finalist. rookies, but don't bring them in later. No, correct. Or even premiums before the buys. A good a good thing could be then, is that a, a Cunnington, if he has a good year or whatever for the first eight rounds, which he might, five rounds before the buys, if they're playing finalists for five rounds straight, it means that someone that could possibly be a top eight in their position, so even there a Zeeble, might be a cheaper even price a Zeeble, even a Zeeble might have a tough run for five games, or even a Goldstein, if you're... Getting, say, you know, Gorn goes down yep. and you maybe start a Jacobs or something or other. You need someone to upgrade to. Goldie might actually have a tough run coming into the buy and pick him up cheaper then. So, yeah, you know, keep your options open, but there's not many premiums. That's the problem. That is that is a, that is a problem. Um, it's a problem. Look, I think with Bonner, um, you also have the worry of Jack Zeeble uh, playing mid-minutes. or uh, And, again, let's be honest. He's a much better midfielder than he is forward, but he actually is serviceable forward. Yes. So they probably will, in my opinion, with their mid-depth, probably play him forward, and then that could open the door slightly, but how much he plays is just... It's too in the air. It's so far in the air. So it's very... And if he plays forward, do not start him, because his numbers, even in the knee fall, were terrible as a forward. And for me, I would much rather have Jai Simkin or Luke Davies-Uniaki being in that midfield first yeah. instead of Bonner. For me, Bono, I think it's like pick 11. Like, he looks like a great player, had some injury issues, and sure, couldn't get a game in GWS's midfield. Who can? Yeah. Right? So luck. it doesn't necessarily mean he's straight into that mix. Jai Simkin had a massive run, yep. which he'll be in one of my breakout categories. But you look at those guys, and I see them possibly, and Luke Davies-Uniaki possibly starting to take more of that midfield mix beforehand. I 100% agree. I think that okay. what, yeah, they've, they've done their apprenticeship. Yeah, he's got to work his way past. He's got him. he's got to break in. Yep. Uh, okay, so I actually predict them. Oh, I don't even know where. Like thirteenth, fourteenth for me. I think new coach. They're somewhere around that. They could, and they could easily push towards that tenth mark. 
they could surprise a few people, or they could actually slide and be top bottom four. It depends on how how they play this year. Yeah. That's um, such a stupid thing to say. It depends on how they play well, and how crap they finish. It's all less rest than their double-up games, which are yep. 50-50s. So if they win most of those double-up games, then they've got a good chance of making finals. If they yep. don't, then they don't. Uh, Scott Thompson's out. Uh, Wright retired and Bernard's coming in. So uh, it'll be interesting. I think, um, yeah, not really much happening as far as the internet. Well, I don't think Scott Thompson really impacts them too much behind the ball because if as long as they've got a healthy list. Yeah. Because I thought um, last year with uh, Robbie Tarrant, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Yep. And who else do they have behind the ball that was really good last uh, year? McKay as well? was uh, played the first couple of games. First game, I think. That's... Buckets. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they have no the other one. Uh, the other one is probably uh, yeah. Durden. Durden is the other 285k defender. Uh, he also was taking some of the reins. So he's, he's played a few. But all good. Yeah, but Robbie Tarrant played absolutely Well, fantastic. Durden, they reckon, will take more of the reins uh, in 2020. So he could be a good option. Um, he's not sure how Supercoach relevant will be, basically, but he could go close to 80. So watch and see. Too expensive for draft for me, but they have said that McKay and Durden will possibly... Um, Sam Durden will take more, yes. of the ra- more of the reins in that defensive line this year. Makes sense. So I did watch an article on that one. Uh, okay, premiums Goldstein. So he was 609k every uh, 22 games, average at 112.2. Did go massively in the end there. For those like Chris that traded out, uh, I think Gorn when he missed a game I for did. Goldstein would have been a much better option than what I did and Trandy Gorn back into my side. It was a fantastic option right up until the last game of the season when <laughs> he went like 69 or something. But and Goldstein went Gorn massive. Went Goldstein yeah. scored a 176 for there. So, uh, look, he averaged 128.1 after the buy. So you can't be upset with Goldstein if you brought him in instead. Uh, after the buy, though, Chris, listen to this. He went 131, 148, 132, 124, 132, 118, 123, awesome. 176, and then a 69 to finish, which the 69 he got uh, was from Gorn, which is really weird because they're both tall and that would just be awkward. I didn't realize. I just noticed that they picked up Josh Walker from Brisbane. Oh, uh, yeah, in defense. Okay, so Josh Walker will probably... I reckon that's for straight, straight for defensive. Yeah. Oh, Josh Walker's, I think, great. He played fantastic with Lions. He was playing defensive yeah. in, uh, great in defense, but I don't think the Lions really need him as much. Uh, no. I think he w- he could actually be really great for North Melbourne in that defense. I do, line. and I think he's probably the first cab off the rank in defense for injuries because... Oh, he might even Tarrant start. Notoriously gets injured. He might even start. Really, you reckon? I think so. Over he buckets? Might. Um, buckets is... Yeah, maybe they'll give him first crack, but if Buckets, you know, has a leak... Hey, hey. <laughs> There's a hole in my, my bucket. Deliza, deliza. Um, uh, the next one, Ben Cunnington. So be cautious. He averaged 102 for the year, which is highly funny because... It's horrendously low considering well, what he was averaging. He averaged 113 in his first 14 rounds. He had high, like, literally. And then he averaged 81.85 his last seven. So I remember how we said, I, you know... We will not find a top 100 player with Ben Cunnington. <laughs> and we found one, but I'm guaranteed he wouldn't have been top 100 after the end of the season. It so. wasn't role-related. So I'm thinking the injury or something held him back because he was absolutely uh, on a tear. He was on a tear. And but then, he can go on purple patches. And that, maybe that's just what it was. It was just a big purple oh, But patch. he was on such a great patch. But the problem was he just, I don't know, maybe got more attention and just didn't... Did he? I don't, I don't know. know. I think... He just shit the bed. Wow. <laughs> turds still going to be turds, bro. Jeez. Yeah, the farmer lifestyle. He's a, he's a good AFL player. Yep, I agree. Average super coach player. I was surprised when he was like the top five at one point. I was like, wow, this has yeah. come out of nowhere. Like he's been around for a while on, on hot streaks. But yeah, I mean, he's high. he had high games though of uh, 159, a 146, 132, 133, 129, 127. 
Good scores. Great scores. Uh, and then he also had lows of 46, 54, 59, and 66. And that's where you average kind of... I think he tailed off with North Melbourne season. And when they got a new coach? Well, that's also true. Yeah. Changing things around, changing the dynamic. Maybe he couldn't sleep setup. at night calling Brad. Oh, Brad. Someone to watch. I, I think at his price, I think it, it may be a good pickup in drafts, but I, I, there's no way in standing. Oh, at a 102 point. average, I don't mind. You could probably get a little bit of value out of it. Yeah. But it depends. I've always thought of him as maybe a cap 105 player anyway. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see how we go. I'm pretty much with you there. And uh, Zeeble is the last premium. Um, 493k forward mid. Had some great games, had some shit games, and that was pretty much when I picked him up. Well, not only that, he, he's very, as a player, very bipolar. Um, oh, yeah. And it's role dependent. Well, is in, yeah, I'm sure, like, and, oh, that sounds real bad, but do you know what I mean? Like, as in, sometimes he's hot, sometimes he's not, sometimes you're feeling it and you're confident in him, and then other times you're like, what the F am I doing yeah. with Jack Zebel? I mean, if you look at these games, so yeah, he had 10 hundreds, and he had some good games, a 140, 133, he did average 97.3 his last 14 rounds, so for people that brought him in when his role started to change, yep. or if you threw a couple bets on like I did when his role started to change. Well, here's my issue, I brought him in over Dunkley. <laughs> so, mate, you should have listened to me and started Dunkley over Gray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I took a risk. I'd it. love to know. Risk like, it for the biscuit. I would love to see what my team would have uh, um, came like. last year if I started Dunkley instead of Gray. Like, if you can work. Well, because Gray got points. injured and dropped in price, and you couldn't afford anyway. I, well, it cost me an extra trade. <laughs> Did you get in Westoff? Then, and then I Westoff got someone else. Dropped. Oh man. Oh, the best news. That was great banter last even, year. Don't even want to. It could be me this year. So let's say. Um, Hopefully, it is. Anyway, so let's 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 have a readout on how up and down he is. So he scored a one twenty six, and then he follows it up with a sixty eight. He goes a one forty, backs it up with a fifty. Then he has a couple of good games: a one ten, a one thirty three, eighty, one twenty one, one twenty six, fifty seven, sixty five, seventy. Then goes one twenty, and you're like, he's back. And then he gets a sixty five, <laughs> and then he goes one twenty five, one hundred. So is any frustrating all season? Well, that, that that's literally him in a nutshell. What do you, he only backed up? A couple of games twice in a row. Like, a couple of good games, a couple of bad games, good game, bad game, good game. It's, yeah, he's it's just, his role, because sometimes he starts on the ball and other right. times he starts forward. And it's just like, well, every game's so different. for so. a 97.3, I don't know, like, do you like him in draft, even? Like, he's good, he's reliable. I don't I don't like him. Do you him. want to ride that? No. I'd rather verse him in, in draft and hope that he has a 57 or a 65. I'd pick him up in draft, but I'm not going to pay overs for him. No. I might pay 92 for him. Yeah, but see, 97 average. I was thinking like 95 is kind of like, mm. oh, I don't know if I want to pay 95. Nah, not right. with, nah. Right, let, Look, if you get not him... with the movement in their midfield that we don't know where, where he sits. Yeah, true. Because he was, again, Mason Wood gets injured, he goes back into the forward line. Yeah, so, so for me, again, I'd probably just let someone else pick him up and hopefully he doesn't do well. Fair enough. Uh, rookies, the other one apart from Bonar. Uh, so again, we said Bonar was uh, one uh, pick 11 in 2017. He's 21 this year, so he could do okay. Uh, the other one is uh, Lockie Hosey, uh, 123k forward, was picked up in the mid-season uh, rookie draft and apparently nearly debuted at the end of last year. So he's been determined over the summer, was given a one-year contract extension. So they obviously saw enough that they liked, he nearly broke into the side. They've extended him for a year. So look, he could get a gig and he could actually keep it um, or he could absolutely fizzle and do nothing. But for what, for me, Lockie Hosey, 123k... Yeah, preseason watch because if there's a role for him and he gets a gig, we are looking for it. these forward rookies that could pop out of nowhere and that Correct. could be one and of them. And he could keep his spot. And they gave, they obviously respect him and like him enough that he a nearly debuted and that they actually gave him a contract extension. Yeah, that bodes well for him. Correct. And they might want to see if he has what it takes, if he has the minerals, if he has the minerals. I don't know why you're being tame, but the minerals. 
Because minerals fall through your hand. Anyway. Um, is that like salt bang? you got to go the other side. Yeah, I don't know, Chris. <laughs> I don't know. It's early. Um, mid prices. Jai Simkin is probably the big one to watch. Uh, 383k forward mid, but the problem is he's priced around others that probably have done it before. Uh, Stephen and uh, Devin Smith priced Absolutely. around the same. And unfortunately, unreliable role because we just don't know how they're going to line up. And again, one. there's so many mids that could. But come he in. has so much X factor. He looks good. Oh, he's he's a good player. I would like it gets to the point where I would not be surprised if he went like a 95 plus average. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. there it is. Yeah. But are you going to bank on it? Are you going to risk it? Are you going to bet on it? He's a poor man's humor cuggage. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right? Okay. That's yeah. where I see him. So, except he has a forward eligibility, um, which which but which means this year, if he gets the role that he's likely to have, he could be a potential. Joe Simkin, awesome to a top ten, awesome for draft, and the reason is is that he uh, averaged seventy point five, right? So not the best, but he only had sixty nine point five percent time on ground. So, oh, sorry, seventy six percent time on ground, sixty nine percent disposal efficiency. Two nineties, five one hundreds, including a one seventeen, one twenty five. Some big tons. Pretty good ceiling when his role is there. He averaged eighty point eight his last fifteen rounds, so Perfect. pretty good there. From round seven to round sixteen, he went a hundred, seventy seven, one hundred, sixty three, ninety five, ninety, one oh six, one twenty five. So basically, from round seven to round sixteen, he averaged ninety four and a half. So he had a real good hot streak there. Over an eight-round period, but then obviously with roles and and being young, he New kind coach. of and he yeah he flattened out a little bit. So for me, Jai Simpkin, awesome for draft. I'd easily take him at an eighty average. Uh, I think he could it's, even go again, before it's that. that. How many midfielders they have? What, but as what a, role as does he a, play when he comes in? But as a forward, when you start to get down, I would happily have him as my F five, as my last forward option. I would Jai Simpkin. He well, averaged, in draft. Yeah, in draft. Oh yeah, yeah. draft, oh. draft, draft, draft. Eighty average. Last F <laughs> five in draft. Yeah. Um, standard, I wouldn't pick him. I, like he could average ninety five, but the risk is there. I see others. Pos- he's he's the, he's the guy that if like let's say Jack Stephen fouls or Brayshaw fouls or Smith fouls, you can maybe get that little bit extra to get up to him in the early rounds. Yeah, he could. I see if anything, he might actually go really well in the first eight rounds, and then people will get hyped up and jump on, and then all of a sudden they play a five hard rounds. And he could level out. So That's for true. me, uh, awesome in draft. You could actually pick him up and he could average you 95 for the first eight rounds and then you trade him. The best thing in the world, you can trade him if you need to and get someone better. I like it. <laughs> uh, anyway, for me, uh, draft relevant, 80 plus, you could easily look at him there. Tom uh, Luke McDonald, um, bench option in draft if you're desperate enough. He is yep. cheap though, 327K. He, he all the time so, in the world just doesn't all the do anything in the world he's got yeah. like an 87 but new coach maybe they've had a look in maybe they'll give him a better role maybe he'll kick out for, or yeah, they'll use him a bit more coming out of defence well you've got to remember Scotty Thompson so he's a big opening in their defence because Scotty Thompson took the majority of their kickouts for the last two years yep. I don't know if they're giving it to McKay or anyone maybe Durden Durden might get the kickouts which is where well, he comes who's, in who's doing it I don't know Luke McDonald's their longest kick he could in the, they could in do the a defense. Daniel Rich this is what I mean so there could be an up spike in Luke McDonald's numbers um, who else do they have back there that's a decent kick? Uh, Higgins took some kick outs uh, at times. McMillan? They could McMillan, try. He could chip McMillan and run. Was, wouldn't even have to chip and run. He'd just run and kick. McMillan was large, a very large distributor off halfback, and he was almost their go-to yeah. mover of the football. So that could be another I one. I think that impacted him. So it's it's interesting. I'd be watching Luke McDonald. I'd be watching McMillan. I'd be watching whoever they're using out of that defense line because we know those that get kickouts, they get a huge influx in price. Yeah. Well, I know McMillan had a couple of like high 30, 40 possession games. Big games. Just where he was you know, basically the conduit, basically the Jake Lloyd 
pass to pass to McMillan and he'll set up the play and move the ball forward. So yep, yep. Um, so for me, Luke McDonald, he was injured round four on thirty seven. Uh, and injured round 17 on 50. So his true average is 63.3, which is not good. Yeah. Um, but he did average like 87 the other year, and it was a couple years ago. So people forget how he did show some talent, and that's what kind of gets you sometimes for a draft bench option if he shows something I in the preseason. Though, though. in that, he played a lot more midfield time in the back end of the season too. And he was also kicking his average, getting up there and kicking goals from like the 50-meter line. So true. he... Is very talented. He hasn't shown much lately. He did have twice injury affected games last year. Um, he ne- he only had one score over seventy two though last year, which is not good. But again, as a smoky, and that's why yeah, like I picked up short Deep leagues. Yeah. Well, a couple of years ago, I picked up Sean Higgins, real late because he was injured and no one liked him anymore. You know what I mean? So these kind of people you have to look for. Um, I don't mind taking a risk on him if they show something in the preseason. If something comes out or something has a look. Um, Durden, again, highly spoken about, so I wouldn't even mind him. He did average pretty well. Uh, could average close to 80 as a defender. Not good for standard. Even though he is 285, I still don't see him making him enough quiche. No, nah, and there's, there's guys and around his better, that are probably going to be better. Better people. Again, Dodie, uh, Robertson, even Hill, I would take over that in standard. Uh, draft relevance, essentially, yeah, Higgins, 94.9, but he was injured around 12 on 11. Uh, so his true average is 100. He then came back pretty early from that injury too, which... I thought it was a bit surprising. They wanted. They were trying to push for but finals. Average one one thirteen point five in his last four rounds. So when Cunnington dropped right off at the end of the season, Higgins picked right up and he averaged one thirteen. So his last four rounds: 140, 60, 121, and one thirty three. So banged out, banged out a few big games. Three uh, nineties for the year, seven hundreds. I think Higgins at a ninety four point nine average is underpriced. Oh, definitely. I think there's value in it. You could pick him at around 100. And because of his injury risk, people might avoid someone like a Higgins. I'd pick him up around 100. I think you won't be too disappointed there. So some value. So mark that down. Uh, McMillan, uh, injured round 11 on a 47. uh, Injured round 23 on 35. So his true average is actually 86.7 instead of 81.6. So there's five points already. Draft leagues, I think, if again, if you get some... How much is he priced out for standard, do you know? Uh, not sure. I'm going to have a look at that, because I, I don't mind McMillan as a pick. Uh, so, again, there's some value in him for that. If he gets kickouts, he could average 90. This is too expensive in standard. To too expensive in standard. It's 443k. No, nah, don't That's do That's way too high. Uh, but for draft leagues, if he gets kickouts, he could go 90. So even at an 80, you know, if you pick him up anything over where he is averaging at 81.6, you've got value. I, I don't mind him. I think he's year, good. Which and, means it's a sort of mini breakout. And he can win your games, and that's the thing with drafts. So he might not be the most consistent player in the world, but no. he did have uh, 500s, including a 126, a 124, a 113, and a 112. Yeah. So he does have some really big games. You could go there. Jared Polek, I've got down here, Lions reject. <laughs> so anyone that downloads my it's spreadsheet, an anyone that downloads my spreadsheet will see some nice words on Polek and on Ramby because it's my spreadsheet. I can write what I like. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll do what I want. Uh, 490s, 8100s. So Polek is quite a reliable option. Average 87.7. Look, for draft, I don't mind him, but he's not going to set the world alight. And it's... Fucking Jared Pollock. I'm never touching him. I'll let someone else that one. Uh, it would pain me. If he's the only just... one there, it would pain me. But look, uh, Anderson again is another one that could get midfield minutes. Jeez, there's so many of them. This is what I mean. Like so I many. can't Anderson. see Where a world where Bonner gets mid-time over. Ridic- they've got so many same types. Yeah, like, oh, that's who's, crazy. Who's like, he taking over? I don't know. Even Anderson who's would it? like in the midfield. And mix. like, yeah, where they lack really is that sort of X factor. I mean, they've got Higgins and that's about it, right? Yeah. They don't. He's not an X factor midfielder. He's just a big in and under midfielder. Like 
It's crazy. I don't see him as like being a solution. Like I don't get it. Ah, uh, so Anderson thirteen scores of eighty plus, so he's consistent for eighties. But you know, he also had eight scores under eighty, including sixties and sixty threes. And uh, De- last year he was a forward mid, so he's sort of you could almost so inconsistent. You could maybe. almost say yeah, worthy selection, all but not the, as a midfielder. All of the North players are just so inconsistent. Demont five nineties, two hundreds, average eighty three. So you're like, yeah, another guy, a guy that if he gets the right role, eighty yeah. again. So he I'd had, rather Dumont over Bonner in a heartbeat. By right, five nineties, two one hundreds, but then he also had loads of. He had four sixties and five seventies. Stupid, uh, painful. Yep. You know, just literally all these draft guys. Ahern again. Uh, injured round five on twenty two, so his true average was seventy seven, but he needs another good roll. So the last three rounds he averaged ninety three point three. So again, roll dependent. He averages ninety three point three for a small brink of time. Yep. Uh, Ahern could be one to watch, but it's just again, North North Melbourne in general, I've not standard relevant. Said this a few times, but I definitely think that he slept with the coach's son. That's so Jordan. Oh, Chris, uh, a little slip of the tongue. He he just honestly, um, Scott hated him and just he, he could not get him. He, even though he was fit. I thought he was one of their better users, which is something yeah. that they lacked, and he would could just not get time on the ground. Okay, so you're saying Ahern then with the new coach, big, and basically he did average ninety three point three the last few rounds I'll, of the year. If on bench spot in and look, he was defender mid, defender oh, mid, sixty nine point one average. You could pick him up as a as a as a draft option. I one hundred percent will be looking at it. I'll even sneaky watch him in the preseason to see what sort of value that he can provide. I didn't realize he was defender. He played seven games, 69.1 average, so he's probably about that mid three. 330. Yeah, mid threes, yeah. Decent. That's a decent price, but I mean, you've got to see it in the preseason. You'd have, to have, you'd have to have confidence. He only played seven rounds. He'd need to be playing, he mid- on, and he'd need to be playing midfield. He was not, on Scott. He was on Scott's shit list for sure. Oh, absolutely. For no reason. I thought he was a great player. I thought uh, some behind the scenes there. And sure. finally, to besides, I've got notable mentions of Aaron Hall and Dom Tyson, which we mentioned. You could pick them up if they show anything in draft, but they'll they'll be on Another the waiver. couple of midfielders. They'll, they'll be on the waiver wire. Don't make the mistake and put him as your uh, Aaron Hall last year. I overhyped him and I put him as my first bench option before I even filled my forward and defence. Uh, ben Brown yeah. though, again to highlight the inconsistencies, he had two ninety seven hundreds, so he can score, he can kick goals, he can load up. He's got to hit bags. We well, had some big. He had some big scores: one forty three, one thirty six, one thirty one, one seventeen. But he also had lows of thirty two, thirty nine. 44, 45, and 48. That to me screams, do not pick me. Don't pick him. Uh, average I'm gonna be 79, the 70, anyway. 79.5 in draft uh, in for the season. Yeah. But he did average 96.7 his last seven rounds. So maybe they are trying to fix some things. Who knows? But look, that wraps up North Melbourne. There's no one really standard relevant in our eyes. Um, Bonner could be. Boner, Boner. 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 Who knows? He'll tell us during the season if he gets game time. Yep. Oh, look, he could be relevant. Just watch him. But again, hopefully you get the, the idea of the influx of midfield talent. They've just they got have. midfield depth. Like for, Be cautious. They traded for all this midfield depth and then have it, they've all been injured. So Well, no, yeah. Be cautious. In, mm, be not cautious. interested. Uh, and then, yeah, Goldstein is... Goldie. Goldie. Yeah, probably the third highest midfield... Uh, Ruck, sorry, Ruck. He'll probably still be the third highest or maybe Lysette, but he'll be top five for sure. Yeah, look, anyway. So if you're worth thinking about picking some of these players, stick to draft. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Thanks, guys. All right, bye. <laughs>
The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. Bye.